Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I'm ready to dive into the Word. Uh, what we're going to be reading out of is John chapter 9, uh, verse 1 through 7. Uh, John chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. Uh, quick context on the Scripture. Uh, is that Jesus has just gotten done uh, kind of like arguing and having a tough time with the Pharisees and uh, even says that, that the religious leaders try to, to stone him and try to take him out before his time, um, but Jesus escaped. And so this is like right after all that happened, um, and this is when he, he is approaching uh, in verse 1. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man uh, born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? See, back back in that time, what people thought uh, is that they were suspicious of people if their life wasn't perfect. If if someone was blind, if somebody had a disease, if if somebody had something wrong with them, uh, what people thought and what their suspicions were back then uh, was then that must be because you did something wrong. That, that must be because uh, you, were, you, you, had, you didn't uh, do your homework in time. That's why, you know, you have a flat tire, or that's why you did this or did that. So the suspicion, suspicion at that time is that when they saw blind people or sick people, they thought that they deserved it. They didn't have compassion on them. Uh, they didn't have, uh, they, their heartstrings weren't pulled when they looked at them. Instead, they said that you deserve that. And so when they were talking with Jesus, they, they, they said, hey, this, this blind man, been, he been, he's been blind since birth. Was it because of something he did or his parents? They, they, they weren't asking to, hey, let's go help this person. They, they weren't even thinking about, let's, let's go show compassion. They were already thinking, okay, whose fault is this? But who's thankful that's not how Jesus looks at us? When he sees us, he doesn't look at us and, and think, oh, well, your mistakes caused this. He looks at us with compassion. And in this response, he says in verse 3, he says, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. So the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned uh, by the one who sent us. For the night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Who's thankful that Jesus is the light in our world no matter what? But then this is what, it takes a turn in the scripture. You know, you think, okay, he's about to do something awesome. But then, following scripture, verse 6, Then he spits on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud all over the blind man's eyes. And he told him, go wash yourself in the pool, in the pool of Salome. Uh, Salome means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seen. He, he went back and washed and came back seen. Uh, the, t- the title for tonight, what we're going to be talking about tonight, uh, turn to your neighbor and say mud moments. Mud moments. And yes, mud is an acronym, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, we need to eat our vegetables, then we'll get to the meat. Okay, guys? But uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight. We thank you that we haven't gathered for any other reason other than to experience more of your presence, uh, more of your wisdom, more of your grace, God, in our lives. So we come into this place with expectant faith, God. We, we come into this place knowing, God, that, that how great you are and that if we just can get more of you, Father, that our lives be transformed inside out. And we don't want to leave this place as the same, same man or woman as we walked in as God. We want to leave changed, transformed closer to your son. And God, we thank you that you're going to meet every single one of our expectations, God, that by faith you're going to move. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, 
Amen, amen, amen. Back in, um, man, how long it was? Back in 2015, um, fresh, you know, just um, got out of high school. And uh, if you know me, you know my plans wasn't, go, wasn't to go to Bible school. If you want to know that story, you can ask me after. My plans wasn't to go to Bible school, but long story short, it was God's plans for me to go to Bible school, go to Bible college. And so uh, I followed after him. And so I went to Bible college, and this is the first semester. I don't really know what to expect, and I know I'm going to have a bunch of roommates, you know, about six to seven roommates and, and crowded in this little dorm. Uh, and so I, I remember praying to God before I met my roommates. I said, I said, God, send me people who are going to make me a better person. I said, God, may my roommates be people who's going to encourage me, you know, the, the, the roommates be, you know, make me a better leader. I said all these things. And when I met my roommates... I remember thinking, God, what have I done? Because <laughs> I met some of the most craziest dudes I ever met, and then I found out I had to sleep next to these dudes, which scared me. This is a little insight of what it is. So I had six roommates um, that semester, the very first semester, and uh, one of my roommates, uh, he was a um, pathological liar, okay? I didn't even know what that meant, okay? I heard of it, didn't know what it meant. But this guy, it, it, it was, he, what that means is that he would, say a lie or say something that wasn't true, but he believed it to his core. Like, and he would do this all the time. He would say something, and we know it wasn't true, but he would die on that mountain. Like, you couldn't convince that his lies was a lie. Well, one of the things, um, like, one of, one of the things is that he tried to convince everybody um, that he played uh, D1 football for the Florida Gators, okay? And he tried to convince everybody. I'm like, dude, you're, you're, you're a little Mexican dude, okay? I know you didn't. I know you didn't play D1 football. He's like, yes, I did. He even went out of his way to Photoshop himself in a Florida uniforms. Like, it was just so, but that's, that was one of my roommates. And he did this all the time. Um, and, uh, but then I had another roommate, and he, he was bipolar. I mean, extreme bipolar. At one second, he was your best friend, and the next second, he was angry, and he was, like, punching things, and, and it, it would, that would happen in a matter of, like, five seconds, you know? And so he was up and down, going all over the place, and then I had this other roommate. Um, he, I don't know if it, if it, you know, what it was in, in, in him growing up or, what, or whatever it was, but for some reason, his emotional and people skills weren't developed. And so he was 20 years old, but he was emotionally 12. And by that, I mean that everything hurt his feelings. He was crying all the time, you know, and it, it seemed like I was taking care of, of, of a child, and that's how he was emotionally. And so you can imagine, and there's other, the other three guys, they weren't, you know, they, were, they weren't as bad as them, but they were still pretty crazy. But you can imagine this, how that was with all of them interacting and then me having to learn how to manage it all. And at that time, all this happened, you know, I asked God for something, and what he gave me is not what I envisioned at all. But what I learned when I made it through that semester, uh, what I learned is that now I am so good at managing different personalities and different things that really nothing scares me anymore. Like if somebody's yelling, if somebody's doing this and this, I'm like, look, been there, done that. I've handled somebody, you know, trying to do crazy things. Like this doesn't phase me. And out of that situation that God put me put me through, I became a better communicator. Um, I, I was able to handle stress better, stressful moments. There, there was times where I wasn't easily phased. And then I realized is that although this isn't what I had in mind when I asked God, uh, you know, make me a better person, communicator, although I didn't have that in mind, God's, God, what God had in his mind and his plans was way better than what I ever envisioned. 
And I, I couldn't help but to think about the blind man in, in John chapter 9 because he was envisioning a miracle and he got mud thrown in his face. He was envisioning something awesome. And at first glance, it looked like it, it, was, it was something that, that God, it, it, looked, it seemed like a mistake. Right? He, was, he, was, he was expecting a miracle, but instead he got mud. And just like when I was asking for roommates am I at TBI or at Bible College, although it wasn't what I asked for, it was exactly what I needed. A lot of times, what, it won't necessarily be what you asked for, but it's going to be exactly what you needed at that time and place. That blind man didn't ask for mud on his face, but it turned out that mud is what turned into his miracle. So I, I, I don't want us to ask God and then con- get confused when it doesn't look like what we asked for and then give up on the plans that he has for us. Because God has a knack for giving us what we don't think we need to take us to places we never thought we could. God has a knack. Come on, somebody. God has a knack for for instilling us, taking us to places. I mean, who can think of the biggest breakthroughs in your life? Who knows that when they look back at it, it didn't go how they thought it would, but it's way better than what they thought it should. And you can just see the hand of God on your life, and you know, man, I'm so glad it didn't go according to my idea of the situation. I'm glad it went according to God's plan because his ways are way greater than my ways, and so I'm glad that he did it like that because I didn't think I needed those kind of roommates, but now I'm glad I did. And when I look back in my life, I see is that how the miracles of God works, a lot of times it starts in muddy moments. A lot of times it looks and begins like mud. A lot of times it, it looks like uh, things that I didn't envision. But once I look past what I thought I didn't need and take it on as something from God to build me up, that's when I see breakthroughs and miracles and God taking me places I never thought he could take me. And it's always going to be done by what God has for us. Turn to your neighbor say, it's what God has for me. See, it, it, it might be mud but it's what God has for me. It might be some crazy roommates, but it's what God has for me. And if God has that for me, I'm not going to give up on it. I don't want to give up on the mud because this is what I want us to catch tonight. Don't look past the mud in your situation because you might miss out on your miracle. Don't look past the mundane in your situation because you might miss out on your miracle. Don't look past these everyday situations that you have in your life. Don't look past it at what God is, has in your hands right now because you might miss out exactly of what you need. We have to make sure that, that, we, that, that we don't just let our mind take off and think just because it doesn't look like what I think it should, then it's not for me. You see, in, in John, uh, chapter, or John chapter 9, verse 6, in John chapter 9, verse 6, uh, it says... We read it again, you know, he, he's coming to this situation, and, and he hears Jesus coming his way. And I'm sure he's heard about Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the one who, who's done all these miracles. And, and he's coming up to him, and he's expecting something to change his life forever. But instead, he gets mud thrown into his face. Instead, something happens to him that, that he didn't think it was for him. And, and if I'm somebody from the outside looking in, and I say, Jesus, you know, pick up some mud, you know, spit on the ground, pick up some mud, and wipe it in his eyes. From the outside looking in, like if I'm a spectator, I'm like, I, I don't know if Jesus made that situation better or worse, right? Like I don't know if Jesus this, I don't know if Jesus has helped him or hurt him. I, I can't tell. But that's why we can't live life based on our perception. If you live life based on your perception, you're going to miss out on some of the promises God has for you. Because you're going to look at something and you're going to say, you know what, how I'm perceiving this is I don't think this is helping me right now. 
how I'm perceiving this mud, I don't think it's helping me right now. And we can miss, totally miss out on all the things that God has for us just because we're living by our perception. But that's why we have to give that to God and say, God, although I, I don't envision or imagine that this is how it's going to go, God, give me your eyes on this situation. See, what I had to realize when I had all those crazy roommates, I say, there, there's a moment when everybody gets to the point where we're going to either, like, give up or you're going to put your foot down, right, and say, okay, look, I, I'm in, in this for the long run. See, you have to get to that moment where you say, God, okay, things aren't going perfectly right now, but that doesn't mean that your hand's not on it. You know, your, your business that you started might not be going perfectly right now, but that doesn't mean that God didn't call you to start that business, right? This is point number one for tonight is that miracles have muddy beginnings. Miracles have muddy beginnings. You see, you might, not have, you might have started that business, and it might not going, be going perfect. It might look a little muddy, but that doesn't mean God's hand is on it. That just means it's getting ready to grow. When you go and you get a piece of fruit, right, that doesn't start in your hand. It starts in the ground, right? A, a seed has to go in the ground in the dirt and the mud for it to grow. And whenever, see, what I want to encourage somebody tonight, if you find your situation and it seems muddy, it seems messed up, it seems like God's hand's not on it, don't look at that as a mistake. Look at that as an opportunity to grow. I could look at all these things in, in, in the past looking back. I could look at that and say, I could have looked at that as a mistake, or I could look at that as an opportunity to grow. When you look at things instead of opposition, if you look at them as opportunities, that's when you're going to see hand of God start moving around in your life. Because if you look at everything in your life as opposition and you take a step back and you don't see what God has in your, in your life for the reason, then you won't see the opportunity and you'll look over what he has for you in it. So th this blind guy, he gets mud thrown in his eyes. And he's, he's wondering why. Have you ever asked God for something and his answer leaves you more questions than answers? Right? Like you, you ask God something. And what he tells you doesn't really fill the void. It just makes you asking, like, why? Like, what? Like, well, you know, God, this isn't, you know, this isn't what I had in mind. This isn't, you know, this is what I, what, you know, what I thought. You know, a lot of times when God does something, the first thing you're going to say is, God, I, I, I know I asked you for this, but this isn't really what I had in mind. You know, I asked you for this. I asked for patience, but I didn't, I didn't really have in mind you sending me these type of people to build my patience. I, I didn't really have in mind what, what I see in front of me. You see, you, if you can wrap your mind around it, then it's not God's miracle for you. If you can wrap your mind around what God has for you, then, then let me spoil something for you. Then it's not for you. It's not from God, at least. Because when God has something for you, it says his ways are above our ways. It says that we can't even wrap our minds around it. So if you're telling me that you fully understand God's plan for your life, I hate to pop your bubble, but that's not God's plan. Because it takes trust to step into the purpose of God in your life. And if you see A, B, C, D, and you see how it all works out, and you're saying this is God's plan, and this is what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen, you're walking out, you're going to get to the end of your plan, and you're going to realize it wasn't God's plan. It was your plan all along. To follow after God's purpose, to see miracles happening in your life, sometimes it takes mud being thrown in your eyes, and you're not saying this. Instead of you saying, okay, I give up, instead you're saying, God, how are you going to use this right now? Because miracles have muddy beginnings. There's going to be times in your life where God puts a passion and a purpose on the inside of you, and you're going to take that first step out, and it's not going to go according to plan. 
And then you're going to have a choice to make. You're going to say, I'm going to take a step back, or I'm going to trust that this is what God has for me. Or I'm going to trust that just because things aren't working out, it doesn't mean that it, it's not from God. It just means that I'm in the beginning of something. All great things have humble beginnings. So if you're starting something from God, it's not going to start like fruit in the hand. It's going to start like seed in the ground, in the mud, in the dirt, in, in, the, in the places you never thought would grow that, would, that God would, can take things out of. I guess what I'm getting at tonight is I want to encourage somebody who feels like right now they feel in, it feels murky, it feels muddy, it feels like, God, why am I here? What am I doing? Where am I going? And instead of using that and turning that to, to, to walk back from the things of God, say, God, you know what? What do you have for me in this moment? Because every miracle has a muddy beginning. It, it, it starts out with you not really, really knowing why. It starts out with questions, but that's how it's supposed to be because it's supposed to take faith to step into the promises of God. Because that's what it says in the following scripture. Jesus throws mud in this guy's eyes, and then he has two, he, he has two, uh, he has two decisions really to make. Can he either be offended, upset, or say, you know what, I'm going to step out into the unknown. And this is what, what it says in, in the following verse, um, in verse 7. It says, he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. And so the man went and washed and came back seen. So he had two choices at that moment. He has mud in his face, and his choice, two choices were, you know what, am I going to be offended or am I going to be obedient? There's going to be some things in your life that it, it might offend you. You say, God, this is below me. God, this, this, I, I should be past this. Um, maybe you meant this for something else, and there's going to be some things in your life that it might even offend you. But that's how it's supposed to be. It says that the Spirit of God is supposed to offend your flesh. The, the, the Spirit of God isn't supposed to make you live in your comfort zone. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable to step into what God has for you. So whenever mud's thrown in your face, you, just like the blind man, we have two decisions. Am I going to be offended or am I going to be obedient in this moment? And as we see, the blind man chose to be obedient. And that leads us to point number two for tonight is don't misuse the mud. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't misuse the mud. See, don't overlook the mundane. Don't, don't, look, don't overlook the things. Don't, look over, don't overlook the mess. Because there are miracles right in front of you if you have the faith to see it. There are breakthroughs right in front of you if you have the faith to see it. There's financial breakthrough right in front of you if you have the faith to see it. Because some of y'all are, are, you know, we ask God, send me more financial blessings. And we think that means that God's going to give us a bigger budget. But that actually means that God's going to make us a better budgeter. Because here's the thing, God... God can't trust you to bless you with more if you can't even seem to handle what you have right now. You see, he got mud thrown in his face, and then right in that moment, that's when faith is tested. What are you going to do when mud's thrown in your face? Are you going to treat it as offense? Are you going to treat it as, okay, now the enemy has me in my corner? Or are you going to say, you know what, how is God going to use this? How am I going to use the moment I'm in right now? And when you begin to be good stewards of what you have now, God will take you to the next. Don't pray for the next if you're not using the now. Don't pray God to take you to the, to the next big thing if you're not even using what he has put in your hands right now. Don't, don't misuse the mud that's around you, the mundane around you. Don't think that just because it's ordinary that God can't change it to extraordinary. Don't, don't, don't pray for God to bring you to all these new places if you're not even willing to be obedient where you're at. Be obedient where you're at. Follow after God where you're at. Don't be offended if you say, oh, this might be below me. Oh, I don't want to do this. Be obedient where you're at, and you're going to see God take you to places you never thought you could be. 
here's the here's the picture that I see in my mind. So this this blind man, you know, he was born blind, never seen anything in, in his life. He's about to have the have the, the breakthrough, the moment. He's about to, to experience this miracle. He gets mud thrown in his face. And then God asks, asks him the next question, which is, go and find this pool. We forget to realize he's a blind man. He can't see nothing. What do you mean go and find this pool and go washing it? We don't know how far away or if it was close or whatnot next to him. Scripture doesn't say. But all I do know is that he had to take a blind leap of faith to do it. All I do know is that he had no idea where he was going other than being obedient. He said, I don't really know where I'm going, but this man said his name was Jesus, and, and, and I know that there's something different about him, and he's told me to go somewhere, and although I don't really know how to get there, I'm going to follow him anyways. And because he took that blind step of faith, and because he said, you know what, I'm not going to wait for somebody to carry me to where I need to go. I'm not going to wait until somebody gives, writes me down a, a map. or, or I'm going to take that step of faith because I don't want to miss out on this moment. And he took that leap of faith, and he took that step out. He found that pool, and he washed and he dipped in it. And by that obedience and by that faith, what, that, what the mud turned into a miracle. That's what, what I'm trying to say is to get out of the muddy moments, it's going to take obedience and faith. Because God, what has around you, he wants to use it. He wants to use the things around you. God can use anything. Don't, don't overlook nothing because God can use everything around you and transform it right into your hands. But it's going to take obedience and faith to get there. It's going to take that, that blind step of faith and of, of saying, God, I, I don't really know how this is going to work out. I don't really know where I'm going, but I'm being obedient. And once you take that step of faith and God removes that and it says he was washed clean and now he could see, all of a sudden, you're going to look back, and you're going to know, okay, look, it wasn't because I knew where I was going. It was because I knew who was leading me. I knew who was taking me there. And you're able to follow him again and again and again because that's how faith works. Faith's like a muscle. If you, if you, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. But if you continue to step out by faith, if you continue to say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what. No, God, I'm going to step out by faith. If you continue to do that, you're going to find out that stepping out by faith is no longer going to give you anxiety, but it's going to make you in a way say, you know what, I'm excited. Because I feel God taking me somewhere. I feel God leading me somewhere. I'm stuck in the mud right now, but I'm going to let God use this right now, and I'm going to step out by faith and you let my faith and obedience to God and watch him transform what was muddy into a miracle. Don't misuse the mud. Don't overlook it. And it says he, he, he left blind, but he came back seen. He, he left blind, but by obedience, by faith, he came back seen. And what this man was struggling with his whole life in an instance of faith and obedience, God changed it and turned it all around in, in a moment. Whatever we are dealing with tonight... Whatever we're dealing with, it can be solved by faith and obedience. Financial provision, faith and obedience will get you there. Breakthrough in your health, faith and obedience will get you there. When you put your trust and, and, and belief and you step out by faith, when you do that, God, God, that's all God needs is your faith and obedience. He, he, he doesn't need the most talented. He doesn't need the people who have all the skills. He just needs some faithful and obedient people. Is there anybody in the house who has the faith and obedience to say, God, I don't want you to use me and me rely on my skills, on my talents, on my strength. I want to rely on you. 
And to do that, that takes faith and obedience. Because all of a sudden, this weak blind man now came back running back seen. And it wasn't because he had the power to do it, but it was because he was obedient to the one who does. He was obedient to, 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 and, and had faith for the one who does. And when he did that, that's when he was able to come back seen. Even though he was blind, he still had the faith to step out. It requires faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. So now let's get to the acronym. So what does it mean when you find yourself in the mud? What does that mean? Because there's some people that you might find yourself in the mud right now, mud in your business. You might find yourself in, 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 in the mud uh, in your finances, in the marriage, whatever it is. You might find yourself in the mud, and you might find yourself being discouraged right now. So what does it mean to be in the mud? You know, what, what, it means, what does it mean to, to trust God in, in the mud? What does it mean to trust God with the, with the things that seem mundane? Or what, what does that mean? See, this is what I think mud is when you find yourself in it. Mud is miracles under development. Turn to your neighbor and say, miracles under development. When you find yourself in the mud, don't say that you're underprivileged. Don't say that, that, that you don't have things under, under control. Say, no, I'm under development right now by the grace of God. When I, when I find myself in, in the mud, this is my miracle under development. I'm not going to overlook it. I'm not going to look past it. I'm not going to act like that God can't use it. Yes, it might be mundane, but in God's hands, he can make it a miracle. And that's how he does it. See, if we come to this moment of realization in life that it doesn't matter where I find myself, if it's in the mud or wherever it is, God can use it. And that whatever I look, it's a miracle God waiting to happen. If you let God use those things in your life, you're never going to find yourself stuck in the mud. Because you're going to realize God can use this where I'm at. God can use this right now. God can use these, these crazy roommates. God, God can use this right now. And how, and how I mean it is this. Is that a lot of times we, we can, when we get mud thrown in our face, uh, we can think that, that that means that God isn't taking us in the right place. We, we think that we're not going towards where God wants us to go and the, and, the, and the plans of God because things didn't go in accordance with our plan. But when we find ourselves in the mud and then we get out, we know that all the glory has to go to God. When that blind, blind man came back, he didn't, he, he didn't have that saying, okay, finally I did it. Finally I got myself out of the mud. Finally I'm able to see again by my works. No, he came back knowing, okay, there's only one person who deserves the glory here. And his name is Jesus. And that's how you're going to get to miracles in your life when you, when, when you know that there's no way that it didn't happen by my strength. It didn't happen by my might. It happened by me being obedient to the one who has all the power in the world. And when you get to that realization, he can take you out of the mud, turn it into a miracle, and then you're going to give all the glory to God. Who, and when you start beginning to shout his praises unto him, you'll get the realization that when I, it doesn't matter what I find myself in, in. It doesn't matter what the opposition is. As long as I trust God with it, as long as I know that he deserves all the glory. See, God wants to take all the pride. God wants to take, take it all out so we know that when, when tough times come, I, I'm not going to rely on my strength. Uh, I'm not going to rely on my own abilities. When I find myself in the mud, that, that's miracles under development. I know that when I'm in the mud, I need to trust on somebody greater than myself to get me out. And when God gets all the glory, when God gets all the praise, and when people see that you were once in the mud, and now they see all the blessings around you, they're going to say, okay, you know what? There's something different, and there's something that I want to be part of that he has. And that's what God wants. He doesn't want you to be a witness to yourself. He, 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 his desire is not for us to be a witness of ourselves where people look, oh, look how great this person is, and look how smart this person is. 
God wants people to look at us and say, look how good God is. Look how great Jesus is. With him, he was able to do that. By God's strength, he was able to do that. It wasn't because he was so talented. It was because God's a good God. That's having the, the witness that God wants us to have, that we point all back to him. And when that blind man finally came back, he, he washed it all the way, and he was able to see again. Can you all stand with me tonight as I close? See, when we find ourselves in the mud, we have to know the mud is where the miracle is produced. When I, when I need strength, a lot of times it comes in the form of a struggle. When I need encouragement, a lot of times it, it comes in the form that I don't expect it. But when I watch God turn my enemies, when I got, watch God turn what's coming against me into breakthroughs, into miracles, all of a sudden I'm the most encouraged person in the room because I know who I can rely on. I, I, I know how good God is. I know what he's capable of. And when God brings us out of the mud and we have that realization that I didn't get here on my own. I, I didn't receive the blessings that I have on my own. I didn't get to the places that God has for me on my own, but it was all by the strength of God. Then you will never find yourself stuck in the mud again. By that I mean you will never find yourself intimidated by opposition, intimidated by fear, Stuck in insecurities because you're going to know whatever I find myself in, God can use it. It doesn't matter what it looks like, God can use it. It might not be what I envision, but I'm, thank, I, I'm so thankful that God can use it. It, it, it might not be exactly going to, to my plan right now, but man, God can use it. And you won't find yourself stuck. You, you won't find yourself feeling like there's no way out. When God can use the mud, he can use anything. And here's what's powerful about it. All right, it says that Jesus, he, he got dirt. And who knows, in Genesis, we are created from dirt. God created man from dirt, and, and he got dirt. And then he, he mixed it with a spit, with water. And who knows, in Scripture, water represents the Spirit. I think he was giving a quick Bible lesson. So you want to get out the mud. You, you, you want to get out of places you feel like opposition is holding you in. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it by dirt alone, which represents man. We can't do it alone. Dry places are where the enemy finds himself. Dry places, it says, God says, is where the enemy responds. But when we add the Holy Spirit to it, when we add his power to it, when we add some Jesus to it, all of a sudden what we couldn't handle, now we have the strength to overcome. Jesus was giving a quick Bible lesson right in that moment when he said, this add me to your mess. This add me to the dirt. This add me to whatever you're feeling in this place tonight. This add me to it. Add Jesus to it. And when you add Jesus to it, that weaknesses you feel, the insecurities you feel, the things, the weight on your shoulders, all, all, it begins to release because the power of God begins to rest. And the power of God begins to move. And in that moment, that was the first time, it says that was the first moment in John chapter 9 that the blind man uh, could see again. And right in that moment, what they thought was impossible, what the disciples thought was impossible, they weren't even thinking about having compassion on him. The disciples were saying, okay, this guy is here because of his sin. This guy is blind because of his make mistakes. But now all of a sudden, they're watching a blind man see again. And it transformed that town. Because all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit got involved. If there's really 
the message I want tonight is let the Holy Spirit get involved in your situation. Let Jesus get involved in your situation. You can't rely on man alone. You can't rely on yourself alone. You need Jesus to be a part of it. And when Jesus is a part of it, all of a sudden, those, those, those things that we were struggling with, those things, those insecurity, the depression, the anxiety, all of a sudden, it turns into peace. It turns into knowing our identity. It turns into knowing that by his stripes, we are healed. And all of a sudden, what he was struggling with for a lifetime, God healed in a moment. I want God to heal some things in this place tonight. I want God to heal some things in this place tonight. Closing thought for tonight is when we trust God with the mud, he can trust us with the miracle. We can, when we can look past the opposition and still trust God even though the opposition is there, when we can look past the insecurities and say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what, that's when all of a sudden the Spirit of God begins to come in this place. Like I feel the Spirit of God starting to come in right now. And the burdens that we feel the mistakes in the back of our mind, the resentment that has been holding us down, the Holy Spirit's going to begin to get in the mix of that. And what has been holding you down for a lifetime, what has been keeping you down for years, and an instant, not because of man, not because of people, but because of the Spirit of God in the instant, He's going to begin to lift it up. Tonight, I want us to sing some songs. Tonight, I want us to let the Holy Spirit get involved because I don't want us to live on dirt alone. I, I don't want us to think that we have to do this alone. I don't want us to think that we don't have a helper that's so close to us that he knows us better than we are. I, I don't want us to think that we don't have the power of God on the inside of us for a moment. See, the enemy wants us to forget how powerful God is, but all, of a sudden, all it takes is one moment for you to be reminded. For you to be reminded who's in control of it all, who holds all the power. So I just want us to sing some songs and, and tonight draw a circle around yourself and say, God, I'm gonna let you get involved. I want you to get mixed up in all this dirt, all this messiness that I have. I want you, I want you to get involved with it. Because I've been trying to handle it on my own. I've been trying to deal with it on my own. I've been trying to bury it. I've been trying to act like it's not there. But God, it's not helping. I need you to get involved. I need you to get involved to release me from depression, from anxiety, from insecurities. God, I need you to get involved to release me from the pain of the past. I need you to get involved to release me from this unforgiveness that's been holding me down, that's been holding my peace down. I need you to get involved. So draw a circle around yourself. Let God get involved in your situation. Let the Holy Spirit get involved. Whatever that's holding you down, once he gets involved, in a moment, it doesn't take long. In a moment, all those things will be released. Let's sing some songs tonight, and let's let the Holy Spirit get involved. Come on. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.